Welcome everyone to episode 22 of Down to Play. I'm your host, Dapper Tux, along with... Next Gen Player. For this show, we'll be reviewing Super Mario 3D All-Stars, Tell Me Why, and Kingdoms of Amalur, Re-Reckoning. Before we start, I'd just like to give a special thanks to the publishers for providing many of the games reviewed in this episode. Let's start off first with Super Mario 3D All-Stars, which was announced by Nintendo in a Super Mario 35th anniversary video on September 3rd. It's essentially a follow-up to Super Mario All-Stars, which released on Super Nintendo in 1993 and packed four classic 2D Super Mario games. New Collection gives us three of the all-time best 3D Mario games, Super Mario 64, Super Mario Sunshine, and Super Mario Galaxy. The games feature high-resolution graphics and widescreen optimization on Nintendo Switch for Super Mario Sunshine and Super Mario Galaxy. So Next Gen, what were some things that you liked about the collection? Man, I was trying to think about how I'm actually going to review these games because like, I, I really have two choices here. I can I can review the games um, like based on on how good and how you know how good they are to play and and you know and and how much fun they are really, or I could review it based on the quality of the porting job, right? Because there's really two ways you can look at it. I mean, I'm sort of going to be taking a little bit of both. I think. I mean, it's uh, ultimately like I'm leaning towards the quality of the games because I mean, Mario 64 is one of the most iconic games of all time it, it's like it's the benchmark 3d game back in the day it's it, i mean it it just revolutionized so much and it's just such an important game so it's like mario 64 alone is a must play in my opinion like how could you not play this game like this this game literally is one of the best of all time and it made me fall in love with the n64 controller it went from like how am i going to use this a 360 joystick on it to oh man this is one of the coolest things i've, I've ever played and i love this controller man it, it immortalized the n64 for me and the other thing too that i've never really understood is that super mario sunshine is sort of like the like I don't know, like the 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 castaway cousin of in the Super Mario series. Like it just seems like you know people just don't like it for some reason. I I never really understood it. I thought it it's like you know Delfino is, is such a great place to visit. I I love the flood. I love uh I, I just I, I love like visiting all these worlds, um collecting the coins, going back, like getting all the sh the, the shines in the game. Like to me, it's just so much fun. Like I really like that game. I, I definitely think you know I. I know it's it's cliche to say, but it, like it's totally underrated, um, and and it's you know it's it's definitely it's it is one of the the all time greats, which is which is why I think it, it made it into this collection. Yeah, I I agree. It's one of those titles that it is it is very polarizing for a Mario game, and I guess it's like you said before the new mechanic with the flood. A lot of people loved it, some people disliked it. I really enjoyed it, but I'm happy it's in the collection. That's that's what I will say. My absolute favorite. Mario game, a uh, 3D Mario game of all time is Super Mario Galaxy number two, which is not included in this uh, this collection. But I would say my number two Mario game of all time would be Super Mario Galaxy, and and it, like having Super Mario Galaxy in this collection, having it uh, you know 1080p, 69 um, resolution, 60 frames per second, like it, it it's never looked better, it's never it's never ran better, like. It, everything is just so amazing about this game. Everything from like the art direction to to the the way you go around the planets and and bopping enemies and collecting everything like it's just so everything looks so good in this game. 
and it looks even better in this version. So, um, so definitely, I mean, like, if, I mean, the bottom line really is if you haven't played any one of these three games, then, then you should play it either, either like, you know, if you want to find the classic games and you've got the classic consoles, go ahead and do it. But if you don't pick up this collection here, because I mean, I would say like, if I were to rate the games individually, I would say 64 and Galaxy are probably 10 out of 10s easily, no problem. Sunshine and maybe like a 9 out of 10 um, or an 8.5 out of 10, somewhere around there. It's still pretty good. But um, but yeah, I mean like, it's just such, everything looks really good. The only thing that that uh, that I, I wish happened for Super Mario 64 is it's the only game in this collection that is not 169 it's it's actually a 43 resolution which is basically like your old CRT TVs um and so there's there's black bars on the, on the side when you're playing the game and it just like i don't know I, it it makes it not feel as cohesive of an of an experience i guess if you are an, an extreme purist and you want it exactly the way it was back then you got that but you're right for me i would have liked to see it with the uh you know wider aspect ratio to match more modern games and the other two games in this collection we talked a lot about what we really enjoyed about the uh about this collection um and even about you know the the interesting choice marketing wise by nintendo to release this in a limited run what were some things though going back to the actual gameplay experience what are some things that you disliked about the collection as opposed to what we liked? it's gonna be probably surprising to say but there were actually a, like a number of things that i didn't like about this collection a any of what i'm going to be saying is is really going to like dramatically impact my overall thoughts on the games but the one thing that that i thought was like strange getting into this is that this is, seems to be like it pretty much is a sequel to Super Mario All Stars, which is, um, and that one gave you remastered versions of four classic Super Mario games. Like there was, um, there was like Super Mario, Super Mario Two, Super Mario Three, and I think Lost Levels was the other one. But they were like they were pretty much full remasters. Like the there there was uh, like definitely like you know way improved graphics, better sound, like everything was, was was just scaled up for for this game for super mario 3d all-stars it's basically like i mean someone actually apparently looked into the code and 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 discovered that these games were actually running uh, via emulation so they're they're basically just ports of the original games you know with some improved textures and 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 resolution so it's it's like i i feel like uh i feel like not a lot of work really was done on these games like i, th I feel like nintendo just sort of like package these all together rather quickly and 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 like you know i would have liked to have seen them maybe spend another year or so like just really like retouching up all these things and 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 you know because there there's issues that i had with um especially i would say with mario 64 and mario sunshine with the camera controls like the camera controls they were definitely revolutionary back in the day and and i'm sure when I think back to it, like I never really had huge issues with the camera controls because we're just sort of, we're kind of used to finicky camera controls back then. But this is like, this is 2020 and like, I'm still like, sometimes when I'm playing Super Mario Sunshine, I can't even see what's happening. Like there, there's like a wall blocking me. Um, and I, and I, I'm like, where's, where's Mario? Like I can't even see myself. Um, and then same with like uh, Super Mario 64, like, the game, the the camera is supposedly controlled by by Lakitu, um, and and like it uh, like some of the the controls are inverted, right? Or some of the camera controls are inverted, and it's just like I don't know. Sometimes it just doesn't feel natural, and I wish 
that there would have been some upgrading to to just make it like a modern game with, with like fluid camera movements and and like backgrounds that sort of become you know translucent if if, if they cover up your character so you can still see them um yeah so those were those were like yeah those were two two things that i you know that really stood out for me yeah no and just to sort of piggyback on on your last point there too it's going to be an interesting comparison i'm about to make here but the original star wars trilogy i know bear with me on this point it came out on vhs and it was the original cut that wasn't doctored at all like they didn't add any special effects in. they changed nothing about the actual uh original shot for shot films and i feel like this is that for mario i feel like that once this is kind of over and done with and it does if it does get remade a lot of people might vie for what was originally out there so I guess in one way it could be a positive, but I do agree with you that I would have loved to see a lot more better camera angles, um, definitely an upping of resolution for, for Mario 64 as well. I, I enjoyed sort of the museum aspect of the interface, but it would have been great to see a little bit more in and around, maybe some history tidbits brought in, some shorter videos, uh, maybe some interviews with uh, Mr. Miyamoto about the creation of the character, especially with 35th anniversary content. I'm sure there's some really cool stuff in Nintendo's vaults. Would have been great to see. But I do have to say with this collection, I am just so happy it is on my shelf. It's a part of my Nintendo Switch collection for good, and I'm I'm extremely happy. In terms of, fi- of a final score next gen, what would you give the game? I am going to give the overall collection a 9 out of 10. I think it's 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 definitely like... It's one of those where you just you gotta play it, you gotta you gotta own it. Um, there, there, there's obviously like we just talked about. There, there's some uh, ways that they like. I wish they would have improved it, but like, but overall, you're still pretty much getting three of the best three D platforming games that have ever been created. Um, yeah. So yeah. and and they're like and they're they're ones that have influenced the entire industry. So I mean, like you like you just you gotta play these games, and and this collection is definitely a must buy for Switch owners. Yeah, exactly. No, I feel the same way. Nine out of ten from me as well. It's like I was just saying. It's something that I need on my shelf as a Nintendo fan. It's an absolutely essential collection when it comes to Mario. I can easily look past all of its flaws. Like you said, it's some of the best 3d platformers ever created each one of them pioneered something new in regards to the entire genre absolutely love it so next up we're going to take a look at tell me why a game that is on xbox game pass and uh, really really blazing its own trail in terms of story tell me why is a new three-part narrative adventure game from don't nod entertainment creator of the beloved and award-winning life is strange series tell me why introduces players to allison and tyler ronan twins reuniting for the first time after their mother's tragic death 10 years ago upon returning to their childhood home in the fictional small town of delos crossing alaska the ronans realize that their shared past may not be as they remembered it next gen what are some highlights from you i love narrative adventure games like it it's one of my favorite genres. I tell me why um, was one that I was really interested. I didn't really know a lot going into it, but um, but I was like I was super excited because Don't Not is just such a, a great developer. Um, Life is Strange is, is is like one of the best narrative adventure games that I played. Um, Telltale, like I, I think I've pretty much played every single Telltale adventure that's out there. So this is definitely my jam, and and I was curious to find out. Um, I would say like overall, I thought the game w- was really good. Um, it, there, it's, it's, um, split up between three parts. And what's actually interesting this time is that for stuff like, for games like, uh, Life is Strange, Don't Not 
I believe it was, I'm trying to remember exactly how many months there were in between the episodes, but there were, I remember waiting a while. Like I remember it was, I was like twiddling my thumbs. Like I, I beat episode one and it's like three months, four months. Like, what are they doing? Like what they, they actually took a completely different approach to tell me why. So tell me why, um, got released at the end of August and then they released one episode, uh, per week. Um, so they, and, and the point of that is that developers wanted you to really play the game. Um, though they want you to play the game faster than, than their previous games, but they also wanted to give you some time in between for you to sort of like think about what you just did in, in the game. Right. So I thought, I thought that was really interesting. Um, it, there's some pros and some cons to it, uh, which I'll get into, but, um, but it was, you know, it was a, a neat experience, um, or neat, neat experiment. I mean, um, so for this game, like essentially like what happens in this is that there's there's these two um there's these two twins it's allison and, and tyler and something really bad happens to them in their childhood like really bad like super traumatic um and they ended up getting split up for about 10 years they 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 completely like lose touch but then they they end up uh you know coming back together and this story is, is about them reuniting and going back to their hometown and they um like bad things happen in their home but they still own the home and this actually got like the the deed got transferred into their name so they're the owners now and they want to they want to sell it they want to just sort of like it begins with them just wanting to move on like you know we had bad things that happened in our childhood we're going to sell the house we're going to make we're going to bank some money and then we're going to like we're going to hightail it out there and and get a new life somewhere else right but it it turns out that when it, when they're going through their house, they start discovering that what they thought happened in their childhood maybe didn't actually happen the way that they remembered it. And they start figuring out all these clues and talking to various members in this small, it's a small Alaskan town. Um, and, and, and like, basically it's like, you just go down the rabbit hole, like all, like suddenly these strange things keep on happening. Um, the twins, they, they, uh, I think they had this, like when they were, when they were young, but they sort of like re rediscover this ability later on, uh, in the game, which is like, they can basically transfer thoughts back and forth to each other. So they, they can actually like, you know, go into their heads and, uh, and, and, and have full on communications in their head. And they can also... They sort of like see shadows of of their past, and then they can they can recall um, various events of their past. So they they see they start seeing all these shadows of like these various things that were happening, and they and and like a lot of these events happen when they're really young and they couldn't quite remember and like the exact uh, you know situations. But now that they're adults, when they go back and look at these, they're like, wait a minute, like maybe I maybe I misinterpreted that when I was a kid, or maybe I didn't see it in that way. So I, I think that this game is really, really, really good at sort of bringing uh, like a human level to to the characters. I found that they're like the way that they communicated um, was very natural. Like there was there was no hyperbole that you see in a lot of games. It was really like like when when they got mad, they got as mad as you would expect somebody in that situation to be, and they use like the words that you would expect in that situation, and and, and like when when they were happy or when they were um like you know having tender moments like everything just felt really natural which i really like i love that a lot about this game um the thing that 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 kind of um kind of rubbed me the wrong way i guess what was that there is only three episodes and 
things actually move rather quickly as a result of that. I think each episode is around like two and a half or three hours. So you're looking at about eight hours in total. Um, but there was like, there, there was things that would happen where um, like characters would meet and they would have like really, really like natural conversations that you could like totally believable. And then suddenly an hour later, they're in a relationship, right? And you're like, and you're like, what? Like, and that, and like, you know, like two characters might get into an argument. They might be fighting over something. And then, you know, an hour later, they, they bury the hatchet, right? And they're like, okay, like, you let, like, let's move on. Right. And you're just kind of like, oh man, like they, they, it's, I, I feel like this, this should have been five or six episodes. Like they, if, I, I feel like things just kind of went quickly, um, which is partially the intention of the developers. But as a as a player, um, you know, like like I said, like the the conversations were believable, but then at some point they became a little bit cliche, right? Where where I was like, okay, maybe they're not as believable as I once thought. Because <laughs> why are they why are they doing this? Why are they saying these things? Um, and the other thing too that that um, I, I just want to mention as well is that the the main, the main, well, one of the main characters, Tyler, um, is a is a transgender man, and that is they. I I thought that the way that they handled that, like, it's a really nuanced and and and, and like you know, and and tough thing to convey in in a video game. I don't think I've really seen any game sort of sort of take on, um, you know, a presenting that to players before. But the way that they did it in this game, I thought was uh, like really in tune and, and, and really, um, like they, like they handled it really nicely. Right. Um, which I thought, I thought was, uh, was, was something new. Like, it's just something it's, it's, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of, uh, of nuances with it, but, um, you know, yeah, again, like, I just thought that they, they handled it rather well. So, um, and the thing that was actually good too, is that, that, they didn't let that aspect of Tyler sort of take over the narrative. Like the, the narrative really was, again, like it was about them going back to the house and selling it. So it was about sort of like, you know, rediscovering their, their past. And that's really what the story was about as well. So um, I'm just, I'm just glad at the way that they balanced, um, uh, you know, everything in this game. And, uh, and, and overall I, I came out of it thinking like, you know, like I, I, it was a good experience. I learned a few things. I, I, I loved, I laughed, I cried. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, yeah, getting into like some of the things that 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 I, I didn't like though um, in the game, like as as I mentioned, like there were some story missteps where I thought things just kind of moved along rather quickly. Um, one of the things, like just like a, it's a really weird thing, is you can't actually skip the dialogue in this game, which like uh, seems like a standard these days. Like, why would you not be able to skip dialogue? Like sometimes. Um, most of the dialogue I was really interested in, but there was like the odd time where I, I would just talk to like some NPC and I, I just want to get the conversation done with, but you can't skip through. But the, the the larger issue for me is that I didn't actually unlock all of the achievements, right? And and if I want to go back and, and get the achievements, which I think I probably would have um, had, I, had I been able to skip the dialogue, but you can't. So you like, so basically it's like, if you want to go back to a specific chapter and, and get that achievement, you might have to listen to an hour and a half worth of conversations to get to the, to the one spot where you can like make a different decision and then get the achievement. Right. So that was kind of weird. Um, the other thing too, that, that, um, 
I guess this is probably like probably my largest criticism um, of the game is that so just like in Telltale games or or uh, Life is Strange, like you have to make decisions in this. Like sometimes it's like you can say this or you can say that or you can do this or you can do that. And in those other games that I mentioned, like whenever I made a decision, I felt like it made an impact, right? Like when I'm sitting there playing like say uh, The Walking Dead and I make a decision then and the, it, five minutes later one of my characters dies i'm like oh man like that was a bad decision <laughs> right but it but in 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 this game like and tell me why i made all of these decisions and i didn't even really quite know what changed right like it's it, it's just i i i couldn't like put my finger on and say okay i made that choice so that's why my character did that Right, or that's why other other characters are reacting to me in this way because I made that decision. Like I don't know, it just kind of like I felt like it was just a linear story where I was making like it, it's it's supposedly a branching story. So maybe I'll have to go back and and uh, and take a look. Right, um, but yeah, that that was uh, I, I like essentially what I'm saying is like none of my decisions made any impact whatsoever in the story as far as I'm concerned. Like I can't really pinpoint what what changed. So um, so that was kind of a disappointment. Um, and the other thing too is like there there's a few tedious things like uh for example sometimes you open up a drawer and there's like three things in the drawer that you can you can highlight and uh, and and inspect but i found that my cursor was kind of finicky like it was kind of sometimes it was difficult to pinpoint the exact thing that i wanted right and i'm and it, it's kind of like it's just a nuisance right like i'm good at games like i should like it's it, it definitely wasn't a me problem i'm good at games right um, and I'm, and I'm good at usually like pointing my cursor at something, but, but for this game, like, yeah, it's just a little bit finicky with the camera, I guess. Um, and the last thing is, is like some of the puzzles were a bit tedious, right? There, there's actually like the story revolves around this book that you get, which is called the book of goblins. And a lot of the puzzles relate to the book of goblins, but the book of goblins is like something like 50 pages long. It's like, it's like an actual written story. Right. And when when i got to the uh, to the first puzzle that said look at the book of goblins my immediate thought was like do i got to read this 50 page book like i don't want i don't want to read the whole thing like where what's so so i'm kind of like skimming the pages and like trying to find the the page that relates to this puzzle um so yeah like that was just kind of like a bit tedious and then there, there was like another one where i was in the in the the police archive and i had to do some searching and you have to like mix and match keywords to search the database and it's just like it's just it's not fun like you're you're like you're, you're basically like googling like <laughs> imagine imagine like five minutes of, of googling a, a police archive um and and I, I was just like by the time i finished that i was like okay i'm done like i I, I I'm I'm tired of googling. Can I can I please like move on and do something interesting? <laughs> but so based on the uh, on the good and the bad, what would you score this game out of ten? I'm gonna give it a solid eight and a half out of ten. Yeah, it's 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 definitely uh yeah definitely definitely good definitely fun. Um, Life is strange. I think is is a little bit better, but but this is like this is almost as good in my opinion. And uh, and yeah, if you like don't nod in narrative games, like for sure check this game out. Next up for review is Kingdoms of Amalur, Re-Reckoning. So THQ's brought it back. We've got the Re-Reckoning 
in a remastered version of the action RPG that originally released in 2012 for the Xbox 360, PS3, and PC. It was created by the best-selling author R.A. Salvatore, Spawn creator Todd McFarlane, so hey, shout out to a Canadian there, and uh, Elder Scrolls Oblivion lead designer Ken Rolston. The remaster includes enhanced visuals and refined gameplay. Uh, next gen, what were some of your highlights for Kingdoms of Amalur? The fact that this game actually even released is pretty much a miracle for me because, I mean, like, anyone that remembers the, the, when the original game launched uh, in 2012, like, that, that game was... From from a development standpoint and, and a and a publishing standpoint, after the sorry after it got released, it was like a total nightmare. Like it was like the developers. I, I I'm trying to think of, of what happened, but like developers were suing publishers and publishers were suing developers. I remember like 38 studios and big huge games were just having this like massive legal battle, and then I, I think it ended up uh, resulting in 38 studios going bankrupt and 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 dissolving and big huge took a huge financial hit and all that stuff so um you know i'm glad that this game actually got acquired by thq and and, uh, and and like and you know and and re uh re uh you know uh, re-released on on current gen consoles um i have to say like uh i'm surprised that they didn't actually do more to upscale this game and and, and modernize the game it it like with re-reckoning i would imagine it's sort of like a re like a like a really really good remaster or maybe even a remake but um but it's like i found that the the overall uh enhancements were not as large as what i was thinking but with that said like this is a really really awesome rpg game like i remember playing it uh back on the 360 um years ago and now playing it on, on i'm playing it now on the ps4 and it's just like it it's just so good like um, I think actually, like th this is a game to play if you love lore in your game. If you if you love story, if you want to like if you like Lord of the Rings, right, or if you like the Elder Scrolls, and you just want to absolutely and utterly immerse yourself in a new world, this game is for you. Oh, the lore is so deep. It's like thousands of years worth of lore that each character is happy to sort of sit down and explain to you for for hours, right? So if you really like a deeper, uh, a game with a lot of deeper lore, this is for you because there is hours of content in the background here to explore. There's sh there's so much to this game that. And there's like like there's there's like characters that you need to know and and races and factions and and groups and and like there's just you could easily hit a hundred hours plus if you tried to go through and do everything. I think if you stuck to the the the, the hardcore, just I'm gonna power through this game, easily forty hours, probably a little bit more. That's that's what I found I was clocking in at. But if you went above and beyond that and did every single side quest, tried to engage with all the characters, and like you said before, the complete all uh, the missions factions had for you, oof, 100 hours, no problem. It's it's a huge meaty game. I love the fact that even random NPCs that you meet um, will have like 15 different topics they want to talk to you about, and and <laughs> yeah, and like each one they'll they'll have like. A, a paragraph or two uh, of, about these topics right so and and uh and it's like most characters will talk about the same or similar topics so you really like take deep dives into it right which is which is great but 
Um, but yeah, but there's just so much that I love about this game. Like, one of the things that, that really, really stands out for me is, like, similar to, say, like, Fallout, where you can sort of, like, shape your own character, your own, your own destiny. And this game, too, like, you can... There, there's a mode that you can select to turn yourself, basically, into an assassin that can kill anyone, right? So, and I think that, like, during the loading screen, there's actually even, like, a funny line where it's, like, uh, like a character getting on your nerves, like, like turn on assassin mode and, and, and take them out, right? So, you can, like, if there's, if there's like, some random character, even, like, a shopkeeper, like, anybody, anybody that's, like, getting on your nerves and ticking you off and be like, oh, man, like, that, that guy, like, he's out to lunch, right? You can just, like, you can walk up to them. You can, you can, like, you can take them out, first of all, you can take them out. But you can also do things like you can pickpocket them. You can you can go to their like their their drawers in their chest and you can steal their stuff. <laughs> so I don't know. Like it's I I mostly play the good guy, but every now and again, like yeah, somebody just got, like kind of like ticks me off and 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 uh, yeah, and I take it out on them. And there is actually achievements and trophies for being the bad guy, right? It's like I don't know something like uh, like you know steal twenty things and and, and like assassinate like a few civilians right so i'm like i'm like great like pop the trophy yeah another thing that that uh that I, that like is really good about well there's two two things really that that are, i think are, are left to talk about that are really good in this game first one is is the level up system so i love the level up system in this game i think it, it's one of the best um you you there's like there's like so many things that you can level up right like the main thing is that you've got um, you got full skill trees, so you can be like a rogue, a mage, or a warrior, and and it's like each one plays completely different. Warriors like focus on defense and attack, and um, like the rogue is more about like stealth, um, and and mage is obviously magic spells. So you can like you could be you could be like a full on mage, right, with like crazy crazy spells, right? Or you could be a hybrid. You could be like you could be a warrior mage, or you could be a stealthy warrior, right? Like you can kind of mix and match, which I thought was really really interesting. But then the other thing too is like you can actually reset your skills at any time. So you could be like you could be playing for forty hours, and and you have like a maxed out rogue, and you're like, hmm, I wonder what it would be like to be a warrior. And then you could just like strip your your points, dump it all into warrior, and like bam, you're a warrior. I really appreciated that too because I found that other games are really locked in. Like if you pick one path, that's your path for the entire game. And if you want to step away from that path, games, most games, even more modern games than this one, they punish you. It's like, you know, if you reset this, it's going to cost you that. Or So yeah, I really appreciated the fact that I could, I could diverge off my path of being a warrior into, you know, a few other classes and not have some significant penalty. Like in tandem with that too, like what, another thing that I really liked about the game is the combat. So you can, uh, like, like I said, you can play as like, you know, an assassin or a mage or a warrior, but like, but the combat itself is is an action RPG, and I just like I, I I find it's like excellent. It's just like it's super fast and super fluid, and I like the fact that my my uh, my MP uh, regenerates. Um, and there's like you could there's what is it? There's like reckoning mode. I think it's called where where you can like you can you can basically become supercharged and like do like super crazy assassinations, and then you can press buttons to to like you know double your your xp right and it's just like it's just it's just really fun like it's it's really fun and and it's really like super fast too and the other thing is you can actually select um or you can equip 
two different weapons at the same time. So you could you could be like, you know, you've got your your like your your broadsword for close combat, but then you've got a bow and arrow for long range, right? So you can you can mix and match that way. Yeah, and this was another area that again, this game was way ahead of its time with because even when the when Final Fantasy VII remake came out, it really adapted more so to the new style of you know it pretty much abandoned uh, turn based combat, right? Like you can still you can still opt into it, but the new flavor of the day to bring in a new audience was to have more action-based combat and, you know, kind of have secondary as turn-based. And here we are with this game. It originally released, in my opinion, as one of the best Western RPGs ever made and way ahead of its time with this more action-oriented combat, for sure. Let's, um, I think it's, it's, it's about time for us to move on to things that we didn't like with the game. So let's just dive into that before we give our final score. Um, I, as I, as I mentioned before, like the, I guess like the main thing I, I didn't like was, um, the fact that they did like bare bones um improvements i would say overall like they like thing things do definitely look better and, and feel better and play better but there's still stuff like i i saw you know flat textures and i saw um like the facial expressions on characters were rather dull um when you're when you're like running or in combat frames drop textures will pop in yeah i found that i was i was even playing this on the xbox one x and expecting a few more bells and whistles but the draw distance was was pretty poor still like even you said like in terms of texture pop in as well to frame drops but yeah that draw distance especially when you're looking at a, a, a large fantastical fictional world such as this i was hoping it was going to be a little bit better on more powerful hardware but on unfortunately it just wasn't like another thing that that just drove me mad when i'm playing the game is the low the long load times like yes jeez can this game normally i'm not uh i'm not upset about load times if i'm going between areas in a map right if i'm in like like massive areas like huge you know things that were are going to be hundreds of kilometers per square mile like loading I get it. Yeah, for sure. But smaller areas loading, it just took forever. Yeah. The like what really, really was getting under my skin in this game was was going into shops. So you'll you like you'll find a new city. The city will have three shops and each of the shop I don't know why, like I don't understand. Like every shop is its own map. So you've actually got to go back to the loading screen and then I don't know what like I should I gotta time it, but like it feels like a minute or more, two minutes. Um, and then, so you gotta, like, you're sitting there, you're waiting a minute, a bit to, to get in the shop. You, you buy your stuff, you're, you leave like a minute and a half after that. And then you've got another loading screen to go back to the, 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 the main city again. I'm like, come on. Like, it's just. Yeah. If I had forgotten something, sometimes I was just like, you know what? I'm going to wait because I just don't want to go back into a shop at this point and wait for it to load. So <laughs> only when it's mission critical. If my character is like, you know, on the brink of death, then I'll go into the shop and buy a few potions and, and get myself back up again. So for all of its flaws, like what we what we liked and disliked, uh, what would you score the game out of 10? I'm going to give it a solid 8 out of 10. I'm pretty similar. I'm right there with you at 8 out of 10. Like I said before, it's, it's one of the uh, greatest WRPGs ever made um, back then. And it's great to see it back now. So I enjoyed, again, I would have liked to seen a lot more in the graphics department, fixing up the load times, but 
really enjoyed the game and uh, I think an 8 out of 10 does the experience justice. You should not pass this up. That's game over for this episode. I'm Dapper Tux. And I'm Next Gen Player. You can catch us on Twitter and Instagram at Dapper underscore Tux and at Next Gen Player. We are always down to play. Yeah.